Amen. I receive it. Um, it's exciting, isn't it? To see all that, all that the Lord is up to and uh, all that he, is, uh, that he is doing. And to, to, to not only see it, but to also be a part of it uh, is an exciting thing. Remember, um, this is not where I'm going. This is just bonus. <laughs> just what Joy said got me thinking about it. Remember in Acts chapter 1, where Jesus has, has risen, he's appeared to his apostles, his disciples, and then uh, before, he, he knows that he's about to ascend, right? You remember that, Acts 1, he ascends into heaven, they watch him go, and after he ascends, they're looking up into heaven, and the angels appear and say, hey, he's coming back. The way that he went, he's coming back. And so we, we await his return, but we don't await his return by, uh, by taking the blessings and gifts and talents that he's given us and burying, him, burying them in the ground, uh, waiting on him to return. We, we await his return by living out the Acts 1-8 mandate. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are called to witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Is after Jesus said that, that then he ascended on high. Uh, they, they watched him go. As they're standing there, wow, he just went up. Angels, why are you standing here? Let's go. He's coming back just the way uh, that, he, that he left. We know he's coming back, and we know that we are to uh, be about the work of witnessing and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus' name, not only in our Jerusalem, uh, Greenville, uh, not only in our Judea, Butler County, uh, not only in our Samaria, uh, to cultures unlike our own, and not only, and, and not only in, in these places, but to the uttermost parts of the earth. Yeah. And, uh, and isn't it cool that when you're a part of the local church, that you're helping to do all of yeah. those things? Right here from Greenville, we have, we have helped to plant churches in the Ukraine. Oh, maybe I should let that sink in a little bit. Right here from Greenville, we have helped to plant churches in the Ukraine. Yeah. Hallelujah. It, it is, but I don't, I don't know where this, this non-clapping theology came from. It is, it is wrong. Right? Psalm 47 says, clap your hands. All ye people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Yes, praise the Lord. Uh, we, have, we have also uh, helped to build a new church building in Kenya, Africa. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It's powerful when the saints connect. Connect with the vision of we're not only going to witness here, but God has called us to take the gospel to the nations. And through connection, we are able to do the impossible. What we could never do on our own can be uh, done. So when, we, so when we stand before the Lord someday, uh, and, he says, and he says, did you, did you proclaim the gospel to the nations? We can say, yes, Lord. Yes, I was... I was a major role in this. Um, 
Okay, that was just that was just bonus. Praise the Lord. It's just it's just exciting to. Uh, I was I was I was around the someone the other day, um, and and none of you know him, but he was he was a little discouraged about the church. Uh, but you know I don't think that we should be. Because this is the Lord's church, not not our church. He was he was discouraged about the the church as a whole, and I don't think we should be. Uh, I, I really don't see anywhere in Scripture where God has has called us to be discouraged about much about anything. Um, the Lord is working. Uh, the Lord is on the move. Uh, the Lord is good. Uh, he is calling. Uh, people are responding. Lives are being changed not only all around the world, but also in America. And we are a part of it. Amen. Okay, let's, um, let's get, get into this now, if I could focus. I, I would like to um, get back into the, into the line of thinking that we have been in when uh, when I have been here, um, where we have we have looked at what at the answer that Jesus gives uh, in John six, um, and and we've done this for for two weeks now that I was here, and uh, and uh, and and I'd like for us to get back in uh, to this um, because there's. There's such a need in our lives for us to, to know, to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for who He uh, truly is. I'm trying to think where I'd like to, which scripture I'd like to start. I, I guess basically what um, basically what I'd like for us to walk away with this morning, I always hesitate to say this until the end because I don't want you to check out on me before we get there. But, but um, pull, up, pull up Scott, Philippians 4.13, and, and let's remember this. This is, this is the Apostle Paul uh, writing uh, as the Holy Spirit leads him and he declares in Philippians 4, uh, 13, remember he's, he's in prison here, that, uh, that I can do, this is you know, you know, his faith confession, that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And the him that he is speaking of there uh, is our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. That he's, he's come to the place of recognizing uh, that there's nothing that Jesus calls him to that he cannot do. That he can do all things through Christ who gives him strength. I think, uh, I think that, that many of us have memorized this passage of Scripture and praise the Lord, uh, we need to. But we need to firmly plant ourselves upon it and with all of our hearts believe that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And then when we've got a, 
when we've got to put our faith to practice, that we put our faith to practice and we actually go and do all the things that God has called us to do, believing that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I believe that, I believe that you can do all the things that Jesus Christ has called you to do. And I believe that you can be all that He's called you to be. I believe that you can be all that Jesus has called you to be. All that He has said that you are. And I believe that you can do all the things that He has called you to do. We've already, already kind of mentioned that the, the times that we live in, right? We know that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will return and we say that He'll return soon. And we say, yes, amen, come Lord Jesus. And we know that the time that we are in right now is the day of salvation. It's the time of God's patience where everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We recognize that these times are called the last days. We're living in the, in the last days. Now, uh, 2 Peter 3 tells us that that a day to the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. So God doesn't see time exactly as we see it. So when Jesus could proclaim, I'm coming soon, for him it is soon. For us it may seem like a long, long time. But he is, when he decides, he is going to return. And until he does, we live in the time of salvation where all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But in this time... Not only is it the day of salvation, it is also a time where the enemy is, is recognizing that the Lord's coming soon and he is passionately working to lead astray and deceive as many as he can. That's why 2, Peter, I mean, 2 Timothy 3 uh, says in the, in the last days it's going to be terrible times, right? Because the enemy's on the move, deceiving and trying to work about confusion in as many as he can. You know, the enemy wants to confuse you. The enemy wants to bring confusion into your life, especially in two areas. You've heard me talk about these. Your identity wants to confuse you when it comes to your identity, and, and, uh, and as deep as he can go in that. And he wants to confuse you when it comes to your purpose. Con Confusion when it comes to identity and purpose. Now, if he, if he can't confuse you, because there's some of us that are just not going to be confused in those areas, right? And most of you are probably in that group. The enemy's not going to succeed in bringing that kind of confusion into your life. So if he can't confuse you, I believe this, I believe he'll just settle for doubts. If he can just stir doubt within you, that, that would be his second plan. He'd rather totally confuse you and get you off track, but if that's just not going to happen, just lead you down the path of doubt. Like if you, if you do a slow read through Numbers 13, you remember that's where Israel has come to the promised land for the first time, and they're called to go into the promised land. It's their land. They're called to go in and take it. And they go in and they spy out the land, and when they return, they give a report that it's everything that God said it would be. 
They're not confused about their purpose or even confused about who they are or even confused that they are supposed to go in and, and that that land is theirs. There's not confusion, but there is doubt. Doubt comes, the enemy can't confuse them, but he does bring doubt into their lives. Now, I guess maybe that brings a little, there is a little confusion then, but you understand what I'm saying. We won't split hairs over it, or I won't. Maybe you will. Well, they're doubting because they're confused. Yes, in, in, in some way. But if he can't really throw us off track with confusion, then doubt will work. He wants us to doubt, and he wants us to doubt that we that we can really become all that God says that we can become and really do all that he says that we can do. But, but we proclaim today with confidence, Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, now, let's investigate that and see why that is true. Now, if we go back to John chapter 6, John chapter 6, starting at verse 25, um, just, just to remind you of this, uh, there is Jesus, Jesus doing the incredible miracle of feeding the 5,000, uh, and then he leaves, and they're looking for him, and they find him on the other side uh, of the lake, uh, and, uh, and, and this is the conversation that the crowd has. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, verily, verily. Very truly, uh, I tell you, uh, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Uh, talking about the, the miracle of the feeding. Uh, and then he says this, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. God the Father has placed his seal of approval on who? On the Son of Man. Who is the Son of Man? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, tells, tells us, don't work for food that spoils. Work for food that endures. Now, now this doesn't mean that we don't need food. Right? He recognizes that, that we do. Uh, Matthew 6, very similar to this, where he, where he speaks to us and says, don't worry about food. Don't worry about drink. Don't worry about clothes. He says, this is, this is what the world is after. This is what the world is working for. And then he says this, your father knows that you need him. Right? So, so the Lord knows that we need food to eat. He recognizes that we live in this planet and that we're still in this body and that there are needs that we have. This is not what he's saying here. To, under, to help understand this, in Matthew 6, he says, what does he say? You remember it? He says, he says don't, don't, don't run after those things. The pagans do that. He says, he says, instead, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. So, so if, we, if we work for food that endures, then all of, these, all of our needs are going to be met. He recognizes that we need food. Uh, and, and we like it, too. And when we don't have it, we want it, right? 
We were in, where's Elizabeth? She's not in here, good. We were in Africa like 20, 24 hours, and she was like, I want Chick-fil-A and, and, and sushi and sweet tea. And I was like, Elizabeth, we've been gone like 10 hours, man. Come on. At least wait till the end of, right? He, he recognizes we need it, and, and we love it. He says, if our focus, though, is somewhere else, is where it needs to be, and that's our passion and our heart and our desire, all those things are going to be, are going to be cared for. He says, work for food and doors, and, and then he makes a connection to himself with it. He says, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then, and then they ask, verse 28, they, they ask him, what must we do to do the works God requires? That's a great question. What, many, many ask that. Many still ask that. Maybe some of you are asking that. What, what must we do to do the work that God requires, right? We know he's coming back. We want to be ready. We want to be found uh, uh, about his business we want to be doing the work that God requires. What is that work? And then Jesus brings this surprising answer. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Jesus says, here's, here's the work. Believe in the one the Father has sent. Put your, put your hope and your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ and if you do that, that is the work that you have been called to do. Now he, now he certainly here is making a connection between this and his statement to, to work. Remember, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't say not to work. He says work for food that endures, to do a kingdom work, to do an eternal work. And that work flows out of this work. That when, when this takes place in our lives, we're not going to sit around and be lazy people. We're not going to sit around and do nothing. This, when this work happens, when, when we believe in Jesus Christ, that is going to lead us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these other things are going to be added unto us. That is going to lead us to do the work of laying up treasure in eternal life. That is going to, in heaven, uh, that is going to lead us to working for food, food that endures. And when we're working, uh, and our work is flowing out of our faith and trust in Jesus, um, then, then our needs are going to be met, and we're going to work to build the kingdom of God. We, we know that this is true uh, because we have examples of those uh, who, who did the work of believing in Jesus. And one of the, one of the main uh, examples uh, is the example of the Apostle Paul, who, whose life was transformed on the road to Damascus. You remember that? He was Saul. He was on the road to Damascus. He was persecuting the church, trying to wipe out the name of Jesus. And Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, and he saw him. He saw Jesus. Saul, saw Jesus. 
And it shifted and changed and transformed his life. And he, he, he abandoned the work of trying to wipe out Jesus and the work of trying to destroy Christ's church. And he did this work. He, he did the work of believing in the one that God has sent. I think all that Paul has done could fall under this, that he, that he began the journey of believing in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That his faith and trust was wholly in Christ and in Christ alone. If, if you look at the work that he's done, if you look at the work that Paul has done, let's just think about it for a moment. You, you, can, you can see that it comes out of this. What is, what, is, what is one of the major things that he did? Well, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. If you, read, if you read that, you see that it clearly just comes out of his faith and trust in Jesus. It's Paul who says in 1 Corinthians 2 that, that, uh, that I, I know nothing except preaching Christ and Him crucified. He's, he spends his, his whole life preaching out of his belief in Jesus Christ. And, and then it's in Philippians 1 that he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's, that's Paul again. And then Philippians 3, and, and we're just highlighting a few. Philippians 3, it's Paul who says, I had everything. I lay it all down. For who? For Jesus for the Son of God. He said, I consider everything loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus. He said, the work that I am about, what is moving me and motivating me and driving me and, and is my, my consuming passion is to know Christ Jesus. And everything else flows out of that. Him writing the New Testament flows out of that. Him taking the gospel to the known world and planting churches in Rome and in Corinthians and in Ephesians and, 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 and Galatians and Colossians and, and, and Thessalonians and, and all over the known world, all of that flows out of him believing in Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God and on the, on the journey that nothing else matters, everything else is lost, nothing else compares, only Christ is worthy, He is my focus, my passion, my desire, all that I want. I just want to know Him. Paul, Paul's the one who said, you know, I've finished my race and I ran it well. And then it's in Hebrews 12 that we are told that we are to run a race and our eyes are to be fixed on who? Jesus, Jesus who is the author of our faith and the perfecter. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's everything in between. You guys say, we know, Pastor. You're telling us all the time. I know. I'm just going to keep telling you until the Holy Spirit leads me to do something else. Because the work that God has called us to do, and He's not going to do it, because the work that God has called us to do is to, is to proclaim Jesus. The work that He's called me to do is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus' name. To preach Jesus. To, to preach Christ and Him crucified. He alone is worthy. He is the only holy, worthy Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the earth. And Paul's ministry, his work, all of it flows out 
of here. And for us, the same thing is true. Our first work, that is the work that everything else comes out of, is to believe in the one God has sent. That's why Paul was able to stand and say, it's also Paul, I know I already said this, but let's say it again. It's also Paul who stands and says, while he's in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus' name, I have come to the place where I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, I can, everything that he's stirred, every vision that he's given, every dream that he's planted in my heart, I can accomplish it and will because of him who strengthens me. It is, it is knowing Jesus. This is, this is why uh, just over a few verses in John 66, people turn and walk away from Jesus because they don't really know him. Even though they've walked with him and talked with him and seen him, they, they still haven't seen him for who he truly is. They don't know Jesus for who he truly is. But Peter, when Jesus turns to Peter in 66, in 67, in, in 67, in 68, and 69, and says to Peter, are you going to walk away? Peter says, no, I'm not going anywhere. I don't understand everything. And I don't know all that you're doing and saying. And I haven't figured out uh, all of your plan. And I'm not exactly sure what you're doing right now. Like to me, I would, I would play to the crowd to try to keep them around. But you don't seem to care about that. I don't understand. I don't know what. But I do know this. Peter says, I do know this. There's nowhere else to go. He says, you... You, Jesus, are the Holy One of God. He says, I, I know that you're the one that He has sent. You're the one the Father has sent. His seal of approval is on you. You are the Holy One of God, and you have the words of life. Those guys that are walking away, they don't have the words of life. I'm not following them. They're blind. They don't know where they're going. It's not a good idea to follow a blind guide. They can't see. He says, we're not going there. We're staying with you. You're the Holy One of God. You're the only begotten Son. You're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the only one worthy. The, the seal of God is on you. You have the words of life. This is where I'm staying. This is where I am planted. I don't, I don't really care where our culture's going. Like our culture's gone a little crazy. And, and many Christians are following them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to stay with the Holy One of God. He has the words of life. My faith and trust is in Him. The work that God has called me to is to fix my eyes on Jesus. Run my race with Him as my, as my prize and as my reward. And everybody else can go and do whatever they want to do, but we are called to plant down on Jesus, to stand on Him, to live for Him, 
to proclaim Him. That is the work He has called us to, and everything flows out of that. So we, when our confidence is in Christ, when our confidence is in Christ, we can confidently say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I can be all that He's called me to be through the work that the Lord is doing in me. Our confidence, church, our faith and trust needs to be on Christ and on Christ alone. I don't understand everything. I can't explain to you all about creation. I can't tell you everything that's going to happen in the end times. I don't, contrary to popular belief, I don't know everything in this book. I know that's disappointing to you. I mean, look at this thing. What in the world? That's a vast book. I don't know everything. But I do know this, that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, that He is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through Him, that it is in Him and in Him alone that we find salvation, that He went to the cross for my sins, that He was buried in a new tomb, that on the third day He rose again, that He ascended to the right hand of the Father, where He now makes intercession for the saints, and that He is returning someday for His church. I know this, and this really is all I need to know. And because I know this, I can stand and argue with the greatest minds. And they can bring every argument known to man, but they cannot do anything with the reality that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that He proved it. He rose again from the dead. Yeah, that's a good clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So our confidence is in Christ and in Christ alone. And because our confidence is in Christ, we with all of our hearts believe and do not doubt that we will be the people that God has called us to be and that we can do what God has called us to do. You, you can be who God has called you to be. And you can do what God has called you to do. We know this is true because our confidence, our faith and trust is in Jesus. How many of you know that, that, that those of us who have come to Christ, that we now live by faith? Scripture tells us this, right? Romans 1 tells us that the righteous will live by faith. Hebrews 10 uh, speaks to us of, of not turning away from the Lord, of not, of not throwing in the towel, if you will, of not doubting and, uh, 
and wanting to just remain in the wilderness like, like the people of God did in Numbers 13. But, but and, and then reminds us that the Lord's coming and then, and then tells us this, that He's coming and His people, His righteous people will live by faith. So we are, in Christ Jesus, we are people of faith. And our faith and hope and confidence is in Christ. Do you remember what, what Hebrews 11.1 1 says? Hebrews 11.1, 1, we'll throw it up here on the, on the screen. Now, now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Uh, faith is the, is the reality, the substance of things not seen. But faith is, I, I like this word confidence because faith is, is a wholehearted confidence uh, in something that is not seen. So we also recognize that, that faith then is, uh, is living not by what is seen, right? 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 2 Corinthians 5. We, we live by not what is seen, but what is unseen. People of faith live not, not with their confidence in what is visible, right? But our confidence our hope, our faith, and trust is not in necessarily what is seen, but our confidence and our faith and our hope and trust, because we are now people of faith, is, is rested firmly on the reality of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now, everything else kind of flows out of that faith. So when our faith and trust is in Jesus Christ, we then, uh, we then recognize that we are not only people of faith, but that we are also people of purpose. And that we have now a work, a purpose, that flows out of where our faith is resting, where our confidence is, uh, where our uh, assurance is, rested uh, firm and secure on our Lord and Savior uh, Jesus Christ. So, so remember uh, that we're people of faith and remember that we are uh, people of purpose and, and that our confidence and our faith is on uh, Christ and Christ alone. This is what 1 Corinthians 2 uh, reminds us of. 1 Corinthians 2, um, read down here through 1 through 5. This is, this is Paul speaking and he tells us this. He says, so uh, gives us this great nugget of truth. And so it was uh, with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ and Him crucified. He says, my, my focus here is Christ Christ alone, Christ and Him crucified. Now he goes on to explain this. He says, I came to you in weakness and in great fear and, and trembling. Uh, Paul, Paul not disguising at all uh, the struggle that he had in, 
in carrying the gospel of Jesus' name. That he says, man, there, there was weakness and fear and there was, and there was trembling. You know, you know, many of you say, I can't do the things that God has called me to do because, because I'm weak or, or, or because I'm afraid of that. And that, makes me, that makes me even tremble, right? That's, that's, what, that's why many people shy away from, uh, from preaching uh, because of great fear and trembling, right? I can't do that. I'm afraid to get up and speak. I'm afraid to proclaim uh, the word of the Lord. Paul says, yeah, all of that was there. And, and, and maybe even you identify weakness and say, you know, I, I'm not even good at it. I'm weak in this area. Paul says, man, I'm struggling and dealing with all of that. Right? And then you can, you can go to uh, 2 Corinthians 12, where he, where he says, um, where he talks about this thorn in the flesh that, the, that, that has come to him because of surpassing revelation. And then he asked the Lord to take it away, and the Lord wouldn't do it. But God spoke to him and said, my grace is sufficient. So he's recognized that in his weakness, in his great fear, in his trembling, in his inability, that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, that God's grace is sufficient. Verse 4, he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your, well, well, why? Well, why? So he answers, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. It's important where our faith is resting. And Paul says, Paul says, I've, I've, I've purposed and resolved that, that I'm going to, I'm going to know and make known Christ and Him crucified. Because I want your faith not to be rested on some sandy foundation like human wisdom. Your faith has got to be firmly planted on the power of God. On God's power. Now, now when you are focused on proclaiming Christ and Him crucified, you are proclaiming God's power. Because in that same tone, you are not only proclaiming Christ in the grave, but you are proclaiming Him resurrected. And, and when Paul would speak of the power of God, he, he knew no other uh, better comparison to help us understand than the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he would, he would proclaim Christ, crucified, buried, resurrected, Savior, and Lord, and that, he said, is where our confidence needs to be. That is where our faith needs to rest, needs to rest on Christ and on Christ alone, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, um, which, which would mean even your own, but would rest on God's power. Ephesians 1 Paul says, I pray, that, uh, I pray that, that the Lord would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you'll know him better. And he said, I pray also that, that the eyes of your heart would be opened, that you would to, to see the hope to which you were called and the glorious inheritance that is the saints. And then he says this, and, and his incomparable power that is for us who believe. And he says, now I know... He, 
you know, adding this in, Paul, you could just see like Paul's, in Paul's mind, I know you don't understand the power of God, so let me explain it to you. This is still in Ephesians 1. He said that power is like the working of his mighty power when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. He says that, he says that the, devil, the devil recognizes his moment that he can that he can have victory if Christ lays in the grave and the devil brings every authority and power and force to try to hold Jesus in the tomb, but God in his incomparable great power comes and calls Christ out of the tomb and he is resurrected, he rises again and our faith rests on the power of God, on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on who He is, on what He has said, on what He has done, not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Christ, Him crucified, buried, and risen again, and clearly, without any doubt, the only begotten Son of God. You see, many, many go off track because their faith is resting somewhere else than Jesus Christ and Him crucified, buried, and risen again. You ever see someone who's in church and even believes and, and, and does all the right things and says all the right stuff and then, and then they, they turn and they go off track and you say, what in the world is going on? I'm saying what's going on is they've not seen Jesus yet for who he is. They haven't had that Damascus Road encounter that Saul had that changed his name, changed his passion, changed his faith, changed his life. They haven't had that. Their faith is resting on, on human wisdom and not on the power of God. So they're easily led astray. Which gives us clarity, by the way, on how to pray for them. How to pray for them is we need to, we need to call out to God and pray a Damascus Road experience for them. They have got to have an encounter with Jesus that blinds them to everything else and knocks them down on the ground and changes and transforms their lives so that their faith doesn't rest on weak things, but it rests on Jesus Christ and Him crucified and risen again. It is Christ, it is Christ alone. He is our, he is our, our confidence he is where we plant our feet. He uh, is, uh, is our focus, our passion, our desire, our everything. Our faith and trust is in Him. And when we recognize who He is and all that He has done, and we know, we know in our heart with the kind of with the kind of knowing that Peter had to where just out of his mouth comes the confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, I'm not going anywhere, you're the Holy One, you have the words of life, we're staying right here with you all the way to the end. We don't understand everything, but we see that you are Savior and Lord. When you recognize Jesus for who he is, then you also will stand and say, I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. I 
am called. I am chosen. I am anointed. I am the apple of God's eye. I am his child. He is my king. He delights in me and loves me. And I am becoming and will be who he says that I am. So many Christians don't believe that they are who God says they are, and they don't believe they can do what God says they can do. But Jesus would say that that is false. And if Christ says it's false, it's false. He says that you are a mighty warrior, that He is with you, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Don't doubt another day. Jesus is the end of doubt. He is the beginning of faith and confidence. When we see him for who he truly is, then we begin to recognize who we truly are and what we are called to do, and we say yes to it with confidence, knowing that I can do what Christ has called me to do, and I will be who he says I will be. Now, now, if you just don't want to, that's a whole different story. But if you don't believe in you or Him, let's put that to an end. If we believe in Him, then we believe in ourselves. And we believe in His people. And we confess Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. Let me give you one more verse and then we'll pray. You guys know I do a lot of scripture. Ephesians 1, let's start at verse 1. Ephesians 1, 1. This is Paul. Uh, if, you didn't, if you didn't know. Paul. Just a reminder, he was Saul trying to end the name of Jesus and wipe out his church. But he saw Jesus and his faith and trust was in him. And now he says, hey, I'm Paul. This is what he declares about himself. This is not Peter writing about him. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He says, I was going down a wrong road, but I was not who God wanted me to be, not doing what he wanted me to do, and I saw Jesus, and now I'm not Saul anymore, I'm Paul. And I saw Jesus, and now I'm not a persecutor of Christ. I'm an apostle. And I saw Jesus, and, and, and none of this was my plan or anybody else's. All of this was done by the will of God. Who cares what anybody else says or thinks or declares? They have no right or authority to identify you for who you are or to call you to what you're to do. That resides 
in the hands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he calls everybody, even the church was calling Saul, Saul, Saul a persecutor. And God said, no, no, no. Apostle. Everybody believed he was, he was doing, uh, doing the work of destroying the church. God says, no, he's going to build it. And all of this by the will of God. What does God want for you? What does God say about you? Who are you in Christ? What has he called you to do? You are and can be what God has said you are, and you can do what he has called you to do. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, that is an absolute miracle. To God's holy people in Ephesus, or I, I like that, God's holy people. I also like to the saints, uh, which, which means God's holy people. To God's to the saints in Ephesus, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Not, not confused about who they are, not running to this thing or that thing. These are, these are the people of God, the people of God who just need a reminder that, that yes, you can be who God says you are and you can do what God calls you to do. Grace and peace to you from our Father, from our God and Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, read, read Paul and just take Jesus out of it and there's nothing to it. Praise, listen to this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You have all that you need to be what God has called you to be and to do what God has called you to do. Next week, when we gather back together, I'd like to unpack this right here a little bit more and just help us identify the blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing that has come to us who are in Christ Jesus, who have been blessed with Every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Let's pray. Lord, we give you glory. We bless you and exalt you and magnify your holy name. We thank you that We thank you, Lord, that, that you have come. That you have died on the cross. That you were buried in the tomb. That you rose again on the third day. That you have done everything that needed to be done for my life to be shifted and changed and transformed. I thank you, Lord, that, that there is a there is a belief that I have about myself and 
who I am and what I can do. And, and there's a belief that, that the world has about me, about who I am and what I can do. There's things that have been said and weaknesses that I've observed. And I thank You, Lord, that, that all of that bows the knee to what You say, to who You have called me to be and what You have called me to do. That every lie from the enemy that I have believed and embraced as truth has to come and bow the knee at the name and confess the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That I am not who others say that I am or even who I believe I am. I am who you say that I am. And I can do what you say I can do. I thank you, Lord. I don't understand this. But I thank you for it, that you have chosen me before the foundations of the earth, called me and set me apart to be holy and blameless in your sight. Help us not to miss that this morning. Holy and blameless, not in my own eyes or in the eyes of man, but in your sight. It is what you see. It is what you say. It is who you are and what you've done that matters. Every head bowed and eyes closed. This morning, do you know that He has chosen you? That He has called you to be set apart for His glory and His honor. To be holy and blameless in His sight, to be His apostle, His minister, His servant, to do His will. And all of this is not anything you've done or anything anyone else has done. It is the will of God. This morning, if you would like to renew your commitment to Jesus and surrender your life to His will. Just raise your hand. There's nobody looking around. Amen. Hands up all over. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Let's just pray together. If you just repeat after me, I'll just lead and you just pray this prayer from your heart. Lord Jesus, I believe in You. And because I believe in You, I believe in me. Hallelujah. Jesus, because I believe in You, I believe in me. And I declare that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I commit myself to you. I declare that you are my Savior and my Lord.
and all of my faith and hope and trust and confidence is in you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You feel God's presence when we, when we said, I believe in you. Because of that, I believe in me. The Lord is with you. You are who he says you are. You can do what he says you can do. God bless. Have a great week. Let's get back together Sunday and go a little bit further. Amen? Amen. God bless you.